Hi, this is Anthony Shea. You're listening to Shea's Lounge, episode two. My guest today is Flavia K. And uh, she's a very interesting artist. Uh, recently, we played a show together. It was called Music at an Apartment. It's this kind of crazy idea I had where we wanted to do a normal show that you would see at a venue with full-on lights, uh, really good sound, and we just threw it in this apartment that was um, vacant. Basically, my friend had the apartment just sitting there for a couple weeks, and uh, I said, you know what? I'm just going to make a bunch of calls, get a bunch of artists together. And uh, Flavia K was uh, the last act, and I ran her lights, and it was a really great show. So tell me more about um, your transition. So now you've been sampling and before before actually tell me what were you doing before first of all i want to say hi to everybody and it's very uh, interesting for me that uh, this is my first ever broadcast and <laughs> i'm happy that i got this invitation because you know i speak with an accent and i would think like who's gonna listen to me who's gonna listen to my accent okay so um yeah, now I decided to take a new direction uh, this February and start performing with machines. Right. I was thinking about that since the last year, but I was really scared to take this step because, you know, we have so many machines out there and I had no idea what I could use and how I could build my stage setup and what do I really need. But luckily... I met people who can help with everything. So now I feel much more comfortable about that. And the final thing that happened to me and made me take this step was that I had a gig, an acoustic gig. Mm. And my guitarist got sick two days before my performance. So I found a different guy and okay. he got sick on my on the day of my performance <laughs> too and i realized wow this is time for me this is the time for me to the signs were there yes to go with machines right right so um how did you know which machines to pick i know you said you had some some support you had some people that were telling you pick this one pick that one uh where, where did how did you know cuz when you had your setup i saw you had this is pretty simple but your mic sounded better than the mic I gave you, actually. That that that, that weird looking mic. It sounded great. Yeah, like it had. A, it was a very good setup. Yeah. So wh how did you like? How did you know what to pick? Yeah. I already had experience recording my voice with Telefunken. I recorded my album with Telefunken U forty seven and two fifty one, and I knew that they have also microphones for stage, but I've never tried them. So I found people in Los Angeles where I could try this microphone, and that was very bright microphone. Right. So I realized, okay. I should take this microphone and carry it for my performance because sometimes you go to a venue and you don't know what kind of microphone they're going to have there, you know? It's so Sometimes true. it's not sure, sometimes it's something worse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had that, that problem. Um, I had a boss I used to work for and I was doing audio stuff, behind the scenes film stuff. And one of the first lessons that he taught me, uh, if you're a gigging band, always have your own microphone. And one thing is, like, I don't want to catch what what that what that guy had, like his cold or something. You mm -hmm. know, people are spitting on the mic and everything. Oh, it's just yeah. gross. I've, you I've know, heard about that. <laughs> you know, um, 
So so interesting. So you you made this this big transition to to machines, and uh, I, I'm curious. Like, what are some of your musical uh, inspirations? You know, who who do you uh, who are you trying to not not trying to be, but um, who were you uh, influenced by? So when I was growing up. I was listening to British bands, electronic bands, you know, right, like the right. Prodigy, Faceless. Oh, okay. Prodigy, sure. And electronic music was really big at that era. And everybody coming to London, even now, from Japan, from different countries, they still have this idea in their mind that London is a capital of electronic music but when you go to london it's not like that everybody's playing a guitar yeah so it's very different but still we have james blake coming from britain you know and he inspired me too and the last person who inspired me was laura alox she's based in los angeles when i saw her performance i realized wow she's a woman and she can do a show with machines yeah so i'm a woman too maybe i can do it as well right oh, okay yeah i've never heard of of laura but i know that um you mentioned uh, james blake before and i was on songtrader.com and it was funny that day i think i saw james blake now they're looking for a james blake sound alike hmm. so um, yeah, if you have anything, you might as well give it a shot. <laughs> so. yeah, my sound is very different from his. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. And, and obviously, it's a he, he does his own singing too. Yes. Okay. So but I'll, his songs, you know, are very short. If you look at his lyrics, they're very, very minimal. Oh, okay. Very, very short. Very short. Um, interesting. So, uh, I say let, let, let's hop into. So you wrote this very interesting book. It, it almost reminded me of stuff I've seen from from the sixties. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, like it, it's like this kind of, it's this very artsy, like I wasn't sure what to expect. And I see the order was quote, picture, quote, picture, yes. which I, I, I like that flow because you're able to tell a story um, visually and also with, 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 these, with these thoughts and quotes that you've had. Yeah, so, um, and the book has a very uh, funny title. It's called <laughs> From the G-Spot to Enlightenment. So that already you know intrigues me so where where did you get this 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 title where where did this come from so that i don't remember exactly how i came up with this title but the original idea was to start my book with quotes about love and relationships and then to move towards music and um, life in general but when i put all my quotes together with pictures i realized that writing about life with those pictures is too much to start a book (laughs) so i moved to music uh, to the beginning of my book and then i put love and then i went to the live section okay right um so do you, do you remember the exact moment like when, when you had this title because that's what it, did it just all of a sudden you just wrote it down and said oh okay and that i was don't it? remember but you know recently uh, i saw an interview by uh, richard branson uh, the owner of uh, virgin oh okay and he has a book how i lost my virginity or virginity yeah and uh how I found my virginity, and, oh, I I, found it. That's and, and I realized, like, wow, we're actually thinking in the same direction. <laughs> right, right, right. You know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Flavia had an idea for the show for me to to pick out my favorite quotes. So I'm just gonna uh, start reading 
and I might make a little comment about it. Uh, some of them immediately uh, made me think of something or or I had this experience where I can take this quote and I said, oh, okay, I, I can kind of relate to that a little bit. So um, the first quote uh, is very simple and to the point and makes a lot of sense. I've never heard it heard this before, which I love. Uh, performance is not about being different. It's about enjoying being different, which I'm, I definitely uh, agree with you because um, we've all seen those artists that are trying to be different, but that's not, that's not really what art is. You know, that, that's not what an artist is. Yeah. An, an artist just is that, you know, and like, like you're saying, you know, enjoys, <laughs> enjoys like whatever, how weird or strange they are. But, um, uh, I, I totally know what you mean. Cause I, I've, I've been there before where I was just trying to like, Oh, I just need to do something different. And usually I feel like that you're not going to get your best results, mm. you know? So here's a, here's a funny one. Singing out, out of tune is the same as faking an orgasm. So for me, I sing out of tune a lot. So I, I, I already <laughs> got a big problem here. So, <laughs> so um, so it, do you do you know where, where did this quote come from? This one's so funny. I love this one. So just all of a sudden, do you did you were you writing stuff in your phone or like how did you remember these? Did you just did you just remember them and just had them in your head? Yeah, I had them in my head, and uh, I would be collecting them on my Word document for a long time. Okay, okay. So you just kept it on your on your on your MacBook kind of thing. Yeah. Regarding the first quote, performance is not about being yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Let's it's talk about, about this one. Enjoying being different. Actually, I saw that quote in my dream. Oh, okay. So very cool. I just woke up with this idea. Yeah, and yeah. And I realized that it's very true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's one thing I like about being an artist. Uh, I, I too will occasionally have that dream where you get some some like some like beautiful thing that comes to you, and it's like you didn't have to work for it. So, like for instance, the name uh, of my band, The Love Pools. That was from a dream, actually. I, I saw a band playing, and on the kick drum, it's mm -hmm. at the Love Pools. So, uh, I was very thinking cool, yeah. it would be cool to rename the city Liverpool to Love Pool. It sounds so much, <laughs> Wait, so much better. Liverpool. Oh, the city. <laughs> yeah, to Love Pool, because liver, you know, it's, it yeah, sounds dangerous. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I guess love is a little more of, a, of an inviting word. Yes. You know, although I do like liver as far as like you ever have like frog raw <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i guess uh, there are uh, exceptions um so the third quote here is a th this one I, I i like because it shows me um just where you're where you're coming from and how dedicated you are to your work and how the show must go on so to speak so this third quote here is some artists say they would rather uh let me start over some artists say they would prefer to die on stage I think dying on stage would show disrespect to the audience. It might be better to die backstage, yes. which, okay, to me, that's like, th thank you very much. You're not just going to die and the show's going <laughs> to suck. And then, you know, that's, that's your, that's how you went out. Like, oh yeah, she died on stage. And then like right in the middle of, of our favorite song, the hit, you know, in Europe. Yes. And then she died and then everyone <laughs> went home crying. So it's much yes. more epic for them to read in the papers. Like, yes. like are, are you kidding me? Yes. She died after that. <laughs> yes, like, that exactly. was the best best freaking show I've ever seen. <laughs> so th that one I love. Let's see. Here's another good one. Uh, sex is like a song. Every night must be a hit. So 
I, I'm with you there. Like you <laughs> might as well <laughs> give it a hundred ten percent, people. So, oh, here's a here here's a funny one too. The <laughs> the best remedy for a women's headache. What is it? Uh, how do you say this? Penicillin? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> this just made me think of pitiplus. <laughs> it's like it's yes. like either that or pitiplus. So you got to yes. one or the other. So yes. if, <laughs> if you haven't, if you don't know pinaplus, you're gonna have to go back to episode one. It's within the first five minutes, but it, <laughs> it's definitely worth it. It's a genius one. <laughs> it, it's such a genius, weird sketch. Yeah. Yes. So um, here's another. This is a this is another good one. You got so many good quotes here. So if someone asks you how many lovers you've had, just answer less than you think, but more than you can imagine. <laughs> if anyone ever told me that. <laughs> My jaw would just drop. <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't be, yeah, and then I would just pay my tab and just go home. <laughs> very sad <laughs> at that moment. Um, you know, because people often like to ask each other how many partners they had in their life, but this is the way to destroy your relationships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why do you ask that question? It's funny. I, I had a friend who said, uh, I, I had this uh, ex-girlfriend a few months back, and my friend was saying, "Oh, have you asked her how many?" I was like, "No, like it's I don't. Who cares?" Kind of thing. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, you should ask because you're, you're going to be sorry when you find out." And I said, "Okay, like I don't think so, but anyway, yeah, it's just well, I don't see why that's a that's really an issue. It seems like um, quality is probably more effective than yes. quantity." You know, I feel like I might have read something that you might have yeah, said that somewhere. Yeah, I do have a quote about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I actually selected that one, but I, it's good that I was able to uh, remember it. Um, where are we here? Okay, the, <laughs> the, this one, this is like a, this made me think of Woody Allen. So, is it possible to love two people at the same time? Yes, if being with one of them uh, has become a habit. For some reason, I just thought it's like, that, that's like out of, you ever watch a Woody Allen movie? Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, for some reason, it just seems like something that would be in a, like straight out of a Woody Allen movie. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he always has these interesting uh, ideas. And in his movies, a lot of times he, there, there's, there, there's two women that he's uh, interested in and he's uh, conflicted mm -hmm. b uh, between the two. So, interesting. Um, I've done a, a very interesting discovery recently. You know, that in the society, um, it's believed that a man is normally the one who wants to find a new girlfriend or a new wife. But I was really surprised to learn, reading lots of f women forums, that actually it's a big problem for women, that they, they have children, they have a husband, but sure. they want a new man in their life. And I didn't know that it's such a big problem. So it completely changed my my uh, my vision of our reality. <laughs> so you're saying it's a big problem for women to find to find a, a new man? No, no, no. It's a problem for women that they feel like they're bored of their relationships, being married for many years, oh, and they okay. want to have something, somebody new in their life, but they can't because they have responsibilities with their children and their husbands. So it's a big problem, but 
the thing is that the society thinks that men are like that. They they tend to find oh, a new woman. Oh, I see. You see, right, this is right. like this is like a stereotype that men are like that. That is a, a stereotype. But yeah. the reality is that women are like that too. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think it, <laughs> anyone who's stuck in these old uh, stereotypes and these old just ways of thinking are just have not woken up to just the way things are going. You know, um, of course. Of course, you know, you could get sick and tired of your husband. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I mean, it depends who it is. But um, I think it's just, it's kind of a natural thing. You know, you spend so much time with someone and um, that's why there's marriage counselors. And uh, that's why I don't want to get married anytime soon. You know? <laughs> so here, I, I, I'm so weird. I'm going to take your tea out so it doesn't oversteep. It's probably already oversteeped, but I, I was going to put it in here. Oh, okay. Yeah, one thing we don't allow on the show is bad tea <laughs> or bad beer. Yeah, I, I skipped the Pabst Blue Ribbon and got, what am I having? Franz is Connor. I'm having my tea in the Beatles cup. Yeah, yeah, we have a very fancy cup here. Yellow submarine. <laughs> Yellow submarine cup. And the, when you put hot liquid in, the Beatles start to appear in the in the submarine, uh, the port porthole. I think it's called a porthole in a submarine, something like that. All right, well, these quotes are fun. I, <laughs> we just had uh, the first accident at Shay's Lounge. I'm just gonna, we're just going to make it messy in here. <laughs> Give me a second. I get to grab some. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, don't worry. I don't think I get, did I get you too, too good, too bad? No, 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 it's just on the table. Okay. I'm good. What's the rule of the show? No edits. Like, you're just going to hear You got to listen to this, people. There's beer everywhere. Can you can you smell that beer <laughs> the microphone? That, we should do that. I think the podcast should have, should have smelling. <laughs> we should be able to smell what's going yes. on. Yes. God, that'd be, that'd be really weird if you could transport s- smell like that. Okay, and we're back. I had to do a little... <laughs> <laughs> Well, house house cleaning here. <laughs> now we have beer all over the table. <laughs> Beer's just all over the studio. So. Um, okay. All right. You know what? I'm gonna take a sip and just if I'm able to to take a sip and not spill, then I know, I know we're good. <laughs> all right. Um. This one I just find kind of funny. Uh, a man's bare arm, bare arms look as attractive to a woman as a woman's cleavage is to men. So the, the, this is nice because it gives um, a man like me hope. Yes. You know, because women, they're so beautiful and a man is just like a big gorilla. I can know? tell you when you meet somebody <laughs> for the first time, normally if you just look at their arms, you can say right away if, if you match, you know. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah. Uh, the thing is that's interesting yeah since since i was a kid i realized that when when i was a kid i realized that i was able to read people characters through staring at their legs (laughs) 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 yes that's true like i can say oh this is a nice person this is not you know like that is funny so (laughs) but i can't explain how it how it happens but (laughs) something on the intuitive level okay so uh, 
Okay, you you got to tell me some indication. So, like, what, what what type of leg or what type well, of I arm? I can't describe it. Yeah, you, know, uh, you just see the way their muscles are built uh, below their knee, uh, their knees, and so it, it's you it, see it's the character. The muscle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yes, I think that's about. But you know, it works. <laughs> I've been in situations when I would meet somebody, and. I would look at his arms and think, no, he's not my type of, per- of person. But still, yeah. I would end up in in uh, the relationships and they would end. Right. So I think, okay, I should have listened to my intuitive. Sure, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I wonder if uh, you could tell someone's fortune. You know, <laughs> let, let me take a look at your arm. It's going to be the next, the next level of fortune telling, arm telling or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. I would have never ever thought that that you could tell someone's character or uh, compatibility by uh, by arms or legs. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a new one. <laughs> All right. So most people do not see their own opportunities. While I see so many that sometimes I wonder which. Uh, I totally jacked this one up. Let me start over again. So here's another quote. Uh, most people do not see their own opportunities. Well, I see so many that sometimes I wonder which of all of them I should take. So, does this mean you want to steal someone's opportunity? That, no, <laughs> I no, don't. No. <laughs> I mean that some people they're wondering what they're supposed to do in their life, but I see so many opportunities. Like I could be like I don't know, like I could I could be a fashion designer, right? Sure. Or, yeah. or I could be, mm, I don't know, a businesswoman, or I'm doing music because I love music right now, right? Mm-hmm. And I see so many opportunities. I know that if I didn't do music, I would be able to be a fashion designer. So mm-hmm. I see these opportunities. Right, and, right. And, and sometimes even in music, I see so many of them that I don't, I don't know which of them I should take right now. For yeah. example, you think, oh, I can do a live performance. And then you think, oh, I can be writing interviews with other musicians. And it's very distracting because you don't have time to do all of them. <laughs> I know. Like, why are you wasting my time here today? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So, um, yeah, that, that that is something that I do see that there'll be some talented musicians, but they don't want to go out and, and just grab what's already right in front of them, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, yeah, I don't know what that is. I, I think I think fear is a is just a big big factor in yes. uh, with, with a lot of people that that come out to LA. I see some people that they're not out here very long and they start they get a really good job and they're doing great. And other people, they come out here, they get a decent job. They're at least like making a living. I had one roommate who had a lot of talent. He was a really smart guy, but he just uh, he didn't want to to uh, stick it out, you know, to to go through the the tougher stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like, like you're saying, he had these opportunities, but I don't know if he was really going after them as much as he he could have. So he ended up moving back home and became a became a lawyer. So mm-hmm. he's doing okay at least. But um, the thing is that uh, last year I discovered another cool thing is that there is a theory that an overnight success takes seven to twelve years of a hard work. First of all, I noticed hmm. it by an myself. An overnight success. Yeah, okay. The yeah. thing is that when I was attending 
I attend lots of music panels. And at one of those panels, uh, there was a guy from the hip hop industry. And he said that he had been developing his record label for six years. And he was sure. going to to close it down because he didn't have any success. But he gave the last month to his team to continue his their work because they put so much effort in yeah. it. And in that month, Dr. Dre discovered their label oh, wow. and started working with him. So, huh. and they still work together. Yeah. And then later I met a guy who does um, computer game design. Mm -hmm. And he told me that, uh, if you know, there is a very popular application, maybe not in the US, but in Europe, it's called WhatsApp. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a messenger. And people who developed WhatsApp, they had been developing different applications for like almost seven years without success. Oh wow, okay. And finally they got an application that became successful. And the same thing with Angry Birds. People who, really, Angry who Birds developed too. Angry yeah. Birds, that was their seven year of working in this field. Are, are you a fan of that game? I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I could never find a fan of that game anymore. Yeah. yeah. And you know, um, Stella McCartney, a fashion designer, she uh -huh. got her her first profit in the fashion business after six years. And I realized, like, wow, there are so many people in different industries who are talking about six, seven years. Yeah. And then I actually found this theory on the internet that an overnight success takes seven to twelve years of hard work. Right. It. So when you say that somebody's coming to Los Angeles, there are different ways to come here. For example, somebody is in the very beginning of his career, so he has to spend probably seven years in Los Angeles before he can establish himself. Sure. And somebody has worked in Texas for seven years producing music for right. artists, and then he moves to Los Angeles, so he is already prepare yeah, yeah. and he gets a Grammy in two years. Exactly. Like uh, Ed Sheeran did that. He, um, I think he had like 500 performances or something before he even came to, to LA. And mm -hmm. I'm sure he was counting stuff where he was playing on the street and everything. But uh, he just came over with super polished, I'm sure. It was amazing. And I think Jamie Foxx discovered him. And then literally he's he was staying with Jamie Foxx and uh, Jamie just totally believed in him. Um, obviously because he, he's so so great but uh like you're saying yeah he, he he put in that work so it wasn't just he just showed up with the guitar started writing songs like he probably already had written you know hundreds of songs by then i'm sure yes you and know? He, i attended his interview at the grammy museum last year and he said that he released probably two or three albums himself yeah beco before he got signed so he said that you have to be releasing songs, you mm -hmm. know, without thinking too much about polishing them. Yeah. When it's good enough, just release them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very true. Um, There's only one song I saw which, which kind of shocked me. I think he said he had like 50 versions of one song. I don't mm. trying to remember which one it was, but with, with probably most uh, other stuff, I'm sure, you know, he got there faster. But uh, it's interesting how you can have that one song that it's just, you just can't get it right. And, and you know, it, it can take that amount of time as well. You know, even for someone Ed Sheer, uh, like Ed Sheeran, um, I guess like you can put in all this work and, and still you can be famous and, and everything and have everything going for you, but you can still have these roadblocks that you have to, 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 to uh, get through. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, 
somebody told me a long time ago that you should probably clean up your YouTube channel and remove some old videos of your live performances because you're doing something else now and you have a better quality. I've done that, but, yeah. but I said, like, I don't want to do that because it's not real. If I hmm, break yeah. through, I want people to go to YouTube and see that I, I wasn't born on stage. Yeah. Uh, artists don't, don't get born on stage it's a long way and they can see that I was growing little by little, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you want to show your, your journey. You don't yes. I saw a video of Adele performing um, at a um, famous legendary club, very small venue in London on Denmark Street. I actually performed it on the same stage. Oh, cool. Uh, so she had a, a concert there on a tiny, I can tell you that was one of the smallest stages in London I ever performed. Mm -hmm. And Adele had a concert on that stage six years before she got her first Grammy. Right, right. So for me, that was amazing that you could see her being such a random British girl, mm -hmm. looking very British, you know. She didn't look like, like a diva right now. Yeah, right. So for me, it was amazing because I could see like, wow, she's so big now but you could see her playing a guitar and singing an acoustic song you know in such an environment yeah to me um it's funny i saw a similar thing of uh the singer of radiohead tom york he had this one band he was in that was before before radiohead and uh <laughs> it's funny the band wasn't that great but he had that song uh high and dry mm -hmm. and um Anyway, like you, you could see it. It was there. You know, he he still was was a star, even though he wasn't quite with the right people yet. Mm -hmm. But um, there is something that that's always so special about that. What you know, seeing seeing an artist um, before they even know, you yes. know, like what, how much what they really are. You yes, know? but you you think you know, not everybody has that ability to see a talent in somebody long before they become famous. No, 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 no. Of course not. You know, I, I think that those people that do have that ability and can figure out a way to monetize it, you know, can end up either making a lot yes. of money or at least they help that artist and are, are a big um, a big part of, of their career. You yes. Know? Um, it's very true. Yeah, it's 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 difficult to find a re really great talent, I feel. I feel like, you know, unless you're, you know out there like like you always looking at, i'm sure like you, you've mentioned to me before that you found this one photographer yes um who was who that that photographer's name yes uh, i was giving um interviews on the russian tv channel on russian tv channels and the photographer discovered me and yeah. we did some sessions together and i told him like wow you have a unique vision you have to be doing photography but at that time he just bought his camera and he wasn't sure if he should be doing photography like he didn't take it very serious right right and um, he had a business and now Photography ha has become his first business, and he's doing master. He's running master classes every everywhere around the country, and people know his name. He had a, f um, a publication in JQ magazine, you know, and I remember him wanting to quit photography, but right. I was inspiring him. I told him, "No, you have to continue doing photography because you have a unique vision." And now. Everybody knows about that. Right, right. So, w so w when did you tell him? W when was this? Oh, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years. So, it, even then, it's still kind of around the seven-year thing, it sounds like. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. 
Right. Yeah, right. maybe six years later he broke through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That- uh, the other thing is that uh, regarding seeing those talents, you know, uh, my friend discovered a piano player at his master class in Britain. And he invited him to be part of his jazz band. And when when I attended their concert, this pianist, he was jumping with the piano. <laughs> and I was like, wow. So I approached him afterwards and took a photo with him. And he was 17 years old. And I told him, you are going to be playing with the best artists in the world. Right. Two, two years later, he became the pianist of Sam Smith. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, you you have that 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 X-ray vision, or should I say? Uh, so I had a photo with a star before he yeah. became a star. <laughs> yeah, everyone else is a sucker. She got there first. <laughs> um, yeah, you you have like what is it like future? You got future goggles. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I wish I had them for myself. I know. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, that the, that's one thing. Uh, I listened to this philosophy. Uh, uh, f- philosopher Alan Watts and he says that uh, he basically says like we're all God but the Godhead can't ever see it, it its own head hmm. so like basically you know we can't we can't see our future as well as we could see someone else's so to speak maybe you know so um, let's see let's let's move on to another uh, to another quote I feel like we've been been having some fun uh, da, 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 da. okay this one I'm totally all about. So in the development of your identity, eloquence des- deserves the same attention as body and clothes. So I, for one, am definitely into speaking well and everything. I have this, I have a strange accent. Sometimes I kind of say things slightly British, like the way I say, uh, the way I sing will get kind of Britishy, so to speak. So I don't know if that's not exactly eloquence. It kind of is, but, <laughs> but, um, so like, I feel like that's a big part of being an artist is to be able to, to express your, your thoughts well and your feelings, you know, obviously. And, um, I wrote that quote because long time ago when, like when I was a kid, I would read a book loud and my mom would tell me, Oh, you're, you are reading it in a wrong way. Like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, because I was like stuttering or, I don't know how to... Okay, yeah, stuttering, sure. So, yeah, I yeah. was stuttering. And I would be stuttering in front of my class when I had to read something loud. And one day I realized, okay, I have to take a course and learn speech technique. Right. So I took a course and it was very helpful. And since that, I feel much better. Yeah, <laughs> speaking yeah. Speaking in public. Yeah, it, it's a it's a big, it's a big part of, of the show. You know, you don't want to go up there and just be stuttering through your set you know <laughs> so i mean unless that that's your act you know there i've seen some comedians where it's like they're intentionally kind of doing a bad job yeah. but it's funny you know yes. so i guess you know there's always uh room for for weird stuff like that but for the most part i think the approach is to be to look good be eloquent and uh and sing well don't be out of tune or <laughs> we know you're a faker <laughs> so, let's see don't be out of tune. I like it. <laughs> yeah, don't be out of tune. Yeah. Um, so th- here's another one that, that that hit me actually. This one I'll tell myself now because it, it's very true. So talking about someone's actions negatively keeps you in the past, while that person you are talking about has gone forward. 
so this is very true. I mean, there's times where I'll be talking shit. Like, for instance, I'm not going to say who it was, but at, at the gig we had, um, I asked someone for a chord and then they didn't give it to me. And then <laughs> I remember like talking about that for a while. It's like, I put this gig together. He didn't even give me a chord, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but if I just, you know, stay sucked in there, I'm just not going to move forward as, as quickly because I'm latched onto this stupid little chord, which is not even a big deal. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, the real uh, meaning of this quote is that um, when people truly do something bad, for example, when we are young, we all ma- make mistakes and people talk about you like, oh, he has done that shit, you know, mm-hmm. but you are moving forward. M- maybe you're getting a diploma now. Maybe you're studying. Maybe you are inventing something. You are a different person today. Right. You you were a different person five years ago, but people are talking ab- about you in the past negatively when you are such, like when we are much more better person now. Yeah, still growing. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, it's interesting because you made me think that uh, you could talk about yourself uh, negatively. You know, you can keep yourself in the past too, you know? So it, it's important yes. to uh, to eventually you just got to let that stuff go. Just keep, yes. I, honestly, mistakes are mistakes are a lot of fun. I feel um, my one of my favorite bands, The Beatles. There's a lot of little mistakes in their in their songs that you mm-hmm. hear. Um, they're not always singing in tune and stuff. And I'm sure if it was perfect, it would it would not be as good. You know, you got to have uh, it, has, it has to be human. You know, so um, it, embrace those mistakes. But, but don't be a faker, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what, where are we at? The present is not the result of your past, but the foundation of your future. Yes. So to me, this is a similar similar yes. idea. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because people think, oh, I can't achieve something in my life because I've done this and that in my past. But it's not true. It's what about you are doing in this moment right now. Right, right. And um, another philosophy thing, you know, like, they say like th- this moment is all we really have, you know. Yes. So what's the point of just uh, taking ourselves out of it, you know, when we can enjoy it right now? Let's see. <laughs> I like this one. Thinking too much about food is as unhealthy as overeating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, when girls on the internet, like you can see lots of them on Instagram, and. They talk too much about this vegan food and sure, how to yeah. cook everything and they count calories, you know. Uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I, I tried to be a vegetarian for two years, but still... That's funny. I, I, I lasted two years too. <laughs> I couldn't spend my time on counting how many calories per day I'm eating, how many uh, protein I need. Like, I fail with that. I can't spend so much time with that. So I think it's just unhealthy to spend so much time thinking oh, about food, okay. you know. So even if it's healthy food or not healthy food, if you're if you're that obsessed with it, then um, yeah, I could see it could just it could just get in the way of of you your could, day. You could you know? write a song in those yeah, hours yeah. instead of like counting your calories. Counting calories, well, I'm I sure. I believe like, you know. I came to a conclusion at some point in my life when I when I was living in Scotland. One morning, I woke up. And I realized, like, do I really want coffee today? Hmm. Because I would be drinking coffee with condensed milk every morning. And one morning I realized, do I really want this coffee? Or should I listen to my body and ask myself, what do I really want this morning? Right. And I realized, no, I don't want that coffee that morning. I want to have tea today. So since that, 
I'm trying to listen to my body. Well, it's funny because me, I'll have the opposite effect. If I want coffee, my body is just dying for that <laughs> cup of coffee, that, the whole pot of coffee. So that'll just get me started. So, and then I have to stop myself from making even more, you know. I, I feel like that's kind of an American thing to drink a lot of coffee. Yes. I, I feel like it is. Yeah. I don't know of any other. Are there any other places you could think of where they just love coffee as, Maybe as much Italy. as we do? Okay. It, okay. Italy. Yeah. Um, let's see. Here's, here's another good quote here. So being an outstanding master does not automatically make you an inspirational person. Yeah. So th this is so, so true. Like, think of all like, this is kind of a weird example, but think of all like the chess masters in, in New York that are just playing in the park where they're probably super talented, can take on some of the world's best. But a lot of times they're like these crazy, like you're not sure if they're homeless or not, these crazy guys. And those aren't the kind of guys that will probably show up at, at the, the big the big leagues and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, because like, like you said in the quote, um, just because they're great at it doesn't mean like I'm not necessarily inspired by the, the crazy chess guy in the park, you know, with the pigeons around him kind of thing. So... Yeah, because some people, they behave themselves the way that they don't inspire you or they say right. something. that's another thing too, yeah. You know, so it doesn't mean how great they are. If they don't have a nice personality, you won't get inspired. Yeah, yeah. So uh, have you seen this? Have you seen like yes, a really great that, singer? Yeah. No, no, it's not about the singer. I know a painter. Oh, a painter, uh, yes, okay. Yes, that was my experience with a painter. He's a great painter, but the way he he would talk to me you know i didn't want to communicate with him anymore yeah yeah i, I mean it, it's just a shame you know because um do you think that that good art that being a good person makes your art better it doesn't make your art better but you know because lots of talented people are weird and maybe we even don't know them well mm-hmm Maybe they have really bad characters and habits, but right. yeah, it, it doesn't make your art better, but it's just about being inspirational or not. Okay, I, I want to... Because sometimes people need to have a role model, you know? Yeah, of and course. And some people are not good enough to be a role model. So, <laughs> I want to ask you, so, <laughs> it's a tough question. What do you think makes art better? I'm curious. How, how, how have you improved your art? Have you ever made just like made a decision where or, or maybe something just came to you and then and then you started to, to do better because I, I feel like um, from what I've heard you say you, you like your new stuff more right like the, yes. the new change yeah and from what I've heard I I, I really love the uh, direction you're going I can mm. hear thank you there's yeah there's a lot of passion and your your, your words are nice um, the, the beat sounded great and uh, so like how, how did you uh, it, it, so we can agree uh, that it, it is better but it, was it a was it a decision? It almost seems like it was a decision. You said, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to work with machines." Or do you think it just kind of just kind of hit you, and then you went with your gut? Like your gut made the decision, or did your mind make the decision? I guess. I think you can make your art better by learning how to make it better. For example, lots of creative mm -hmm. people, whether they are designers or painters or musicians they envision an idea in their mind first. Right. Like you can hear the whole orchestra playing in your head. Yeah. But if you don't know how to write score, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you can't make it real. Yeah, so yeah. you can have an amazing scenes playing in your mind, but if you don't know how to create this this thing and what tools to use, right. you can't achieve that goal. You know. Yeah, I've I've had that happen. I I've heard um, exactly like a, a synth, and I haven't been been able to create that exact sound. Like it still sounds better in my head. You know. It, because with a synthesizer, in the beginning, you can spend like five hours looking for a particular scene sound. But when you know how to work with synthesizers, you find something similar and then you know the tools to rework it to make it sound like what you need. Right, right. So it's it's more like working with the tools instead of find, finding the right sound right away. Yeah, l- let let's talk uh, gear a little bit. So mm-hmm. now with your big your big shift um, with uh, machines and you must have certain plugins that you're going to. So are you using Native Instruments? I know you're on uh, Ableton. So what 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 are the the uh, synths that you're using right now? They are all the same that I was using before when I just started producing music. Oh, so okay. I'm using Native Instruments. Right. Like, like Complete, for example. Okay, you got and Complete. Okay. Yes, I use Battery for drums. And, right, right. Um, I use Serum as a synthesizer. I don't know that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, is it, it's a it's popular native, one. And native I, Instruments, or uh, no? It goes from from a different company. Different yeah. company. Okay. And uh, I think that Mouse is using Serum. Dead Mouse. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a popular synthesizer. Uh, then I'm using Sound Toys. Sound Toys. Sound I'm, Toys. Yeah, I like that name. They are very useful for your production but they are also very useful probably the most useful for a live performance for live, okay. when you prepare your samples yeah right right you so work uh, them with do, do you ever have um do you ever have your computer actually if you have too many cents going on for live is, is that a big problem for for live uh sampling can can there can your computer get overworked where actually stuff will like get off the the uh, grid you know and get out of beat can that happen or, or uh, the thing is that for a live performance, you prepare your synthesizers, like I would say, a printed version of your synth. So it already has all the effects on them, like right. like like heavy, heavy sample, uh, heavy plugins uh, that um, take memory on, on your computer. Right, right. You have to pre-record them, but oh, for okay. the, for a live performance, uh, you can apply. Um, effects that don't take that much memory you know and they're easier to process to process for your computer so for example in ableton i would use built-in ableton effects for live performance because it uses less yeah and you connect effects to your knobs on your samples so you know like this knob is for your delay this knob Mm -hmm. is for your filter and this is for like for your drums so you remember that and yeah, you have to prepare it because otherwise, you know, nowadays with our laptops, they become worse instead of become better. <laughs> yeah, becoming they do. better, yes. And yeah, you, you have to keep that in mind. Also, at the, for the synthesizer, I'm using Omnisphere in my production. What, what is it? Uh, Omnisphere? Omnisphere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that and one. Also, I love to put together Omnisphere and 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 the serum. The thing is that if you use just serum, it sounds very very digital. And when you hmm. add uh, Omnisphere to serum, 
it it gives a warmer sound. Gets more. Uh, yeah, I love blending two or three synthesizers together to create yeah, a unique sound. It's a good. It's a good trick. Yeah, um, I had one track where I just kept messing with the sense and I it was weird because I just made it sound like an organ so I could have just used an organ patch but I don't know sometimes you want to kind of do stuff a little outside of the box like like you're saying you get a, a unique sound you know something that um, maybe hasn't been done exactly the same way because you're combining these scents in, in a in a weird way like music's such a huge world which is what I love about it you know the other thing I learned just the day before my performance is that <laughs> you can't yeah. use just any reverb on your vocal when you perform live for example I love using in my production altiverb altiverb uh, yeah. I don't know if I've seen that it's one maybe a, it's one yeah. of the greatest reverbs and it's a very heavy reverb, reverb for your system uh, yeah so you can't they use can it be, live yeah. And I had to get a different reverb just right. for my live shows. And it's probably not quite as good, though, huh? I haven't uh, had that much experience yet to say if it's uh, <laughs> good enough. Yeah. I mean, it, it, as long as it's you know reverb that doesn't sound like you're in like a tin can. Um, <laughs> let's see. So I'm gonna pull out another quote here from Flavia. Uh, don't keep your distance from those who give you unsolicited advice. Keep your distance from those who know what to advise you about, but don't. Yeah. So yeah, tell me, tell me more ab about this one. Yeah, you know, sometimes we hate people who give us advice. Yeah. You know, you should be doing this and that, but we don't realize that we have people on, around us who know what would make your stuff better, but they will but never they won't, tell you. They won't open their mouths and tell you. Yes. Yeah. Because they don't want you to be better. <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. See, I, I, I thought it was just because they're, they're too nice or something. No, 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 no. It's it's because some people, um, like, you know, I was interviewing um, Eric Griggs, a producer who works with Dr. Dre, and I feel like I've seen the name around probably probably yeah. on my Facebook and okay. he had he said a very interesting idea his point of view is that people should be like pipes you absorb new information and you share it with others but some people are like jars they just get <laughs> oh, everything right. in and it gets stuck inside them and it just stays, yeah, they are yeah they are afraid of sharing but the thing is that you know on the one side, I, I don't like when people are copying me, of course. But on the other hand, I know that it doesn't matter if people get absolutely everything that I have. All my plugins, they mm -hmm. go to the same courses as I, or they buy the same equipment as I. It doesn't mean that they will sound like me. Of you course know? not. You still yeah. need to have taste, so you still need to be you. So I'm not scared if people ask me, like, how would you do something in production? Mm -hmm. I would share with them my experience. I'm okay with that. Right. It's funny. I <laughs> I have a uh, my uh, drummer. He's basically like half mixing engineer. He kind of does some producing with with uh, the, the Love Pool stuff. He uh, one time we were on this trip to Phoenix. He uh, broke up with his old band, and then I helped him. He didn't have a car, so I drove him to Phoenix and. We stayed the night, and he's paying for for meals and stuff. It was fun. We hadn't we hadn't actually hung out in a long time, so um, 
I, I remember asking him like, oh yeah, what, what do you think of this plugin? And I want to do this thing here, blah, blah, blah. He's like, uh, like, I don't know. Like, like it, it depends on the song. It depends on this, depends on that. Like you can't just give one size fits all advice. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just say, oh, just this is what you do and it's going to sound good. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's just not how producing mm-hmm. works, you know? Sometimes, like you're saying, the, the, the cheap little EQ plugin, um, or maybe not EQ, but the cheap whatever compressor on, on Ableton might be better than the, the one that you paid $200 for. You yes, know? yes. It just depends, you know. Um, <laughs> this is a good one. I got another funny quote. So I am <laughs> so skinny. I live in a two-dimensional world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like little Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's so funny. So Yeah, but, a video director uh of two of my music videos said you can't be living in a two-dimensional world. It's not l- right um in terms of physics. But I said, I don't care, it just sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's like it's like, dude, like think outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's another, this is another good one. Um, I am photographed so often that if I become pregnant, <laughs> you would spot it earlier than I would. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is so funny. So how often do you do you have a photo shoot? Uh, that quote was um, written like at that time when I had uh, been doing photography. You're doing, doing yeah. photography a lot, yeah. Yeah, now I'm not doing it. Maybe I should be doing before I get old. <laughs> yeah, who, who did... Uh, the picture that I remember the most from your book was where you're playing chess against yourself. Oh, yeah. And that beautiful chair, that room, and there was like something coming up, like kind of like a flower, huge thing. Anyway, that was just, what an elegant, beautiful photo. Like I thought that like maybe thinking like Vanity Fair or something. Like mm. it's something I would see, that would be just a spread in a magazine. It would be both pages. You open that magazine and you see this beautiful photo. That is mm. quite a photo. So who, who took that one? My friend, Yelena Gulaikina. I'm not going to say that. But yeah, yeah, she's from Moscow. <laughs> okay, she's from Moscow. Yeah, and, and you're you're from uh, Russia, right? Uh, no, no, I'm no, from no not Russia. I'm sorry, you're from. Uh, I'm from Moldova. Okay, so wh- where is that? Yeah. So Moldova is one of the smallest countries in the world with the largest wine cellar in the world. <laughs> so you can <laughs> literally drive. A, yeah. yeah, you can literally drive a car in that cellar, and oh they have street God. names like you can turn right to start. Are you lane. kidding me? <laughs> yes, you could drive in the cellar. Yes. So how how big of a car can you take? Like a oh, you can have a jeep. You can have a jeep. Okay, yeah. so you can't yeah. do like a, you can't do an eighteen wheeler like semi truck, but you could do a jeep at yes. least. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so is that like is that is is that your autobahn there? Is that is that your famous? Thing to go to the no, wine cellar. No, I've been there just once. Oh, just once. Okay, but it's a cool experience. Is it? Is it very touristy? A lot of tourists go there. It's not very touristy. I think they need hmm. to have a better promotion. But okay, they are maybe, in yeah. the Guinness Book. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's funny. So it's still one of the smallest countries with the largest wine cellar in the world. Yeah. yeah. So how old are some of the wines? Are they? Do they have anything? I that's have like, no idea. You don't know. Yeah, I'm sure there's some some beautiful great tasting wine in there I w- yes I w- I we do hope. have wine tasting <laughs> in our country yeah yeah let's see well I feel like we got through uh, all the crazy crazy fun quotes yeah, I just want to clarify quickly because people probably don't know why we mentioned Russia is because my second home is in Moscow yeah okay. that's oh, why I'm home. related okay. to Russia as well Right, right. And I lived in four countries. I lived mm-hmm. in Moldova, Russia, United States, and uh, and Great Britain. 
And, and Britain, right. And then you said you, but you, you went to Scotland, was it? Or? Yes. Okay. I lived so, in Scotland first and then in London. Oh, okay. Got you. Um, so what do you think, what's the difference just in general between the London music scene and the LA music scene? I know it's got to be pretty different. It is very different. Yeah. The thing is that I don't know what's going on in London right now, but like four years ago, mm-hmm. like there were lots of soul singers and you know, sure. you can go to a bar and you could hear somebody singing like Sam Smith or mm-hmm. like Adele. They had amazing singers and they sing for free just in the bar. Right. Like, right. you know, in, in Russia, for example, if you sing in the bar, people think that you are like a horrible singer. In London, <laughs> you can hear the greatest singers ever in the bar. Wait, are you saying that in Russia there's bad singers? Or or or, or or they're 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 just more uh, judgmental. They just they just no. Just people have this stereotype that if you sing in a bar, you are a bad singer. Oh, I see. It's because you're 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 not singing in a big venue. You're singing yes. in a bar that you. Yes. Sing. Okay. I this see. is why I'm, yeah. I'm saying in my book that an artist, uh, the stage grows with the artist right, because, right. Uh, like the Beatles, they were playing in small venues. Yeah. Coldplay. They right. were playing in small venues. They were playing like in col- Camden. Little college. Yeah, Camden yeah, Town. I, huh? I, I, I have played in Camden as well. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing that in London also, you know, the the scene itself is very supportive to independent artists. It's much easier than here. So people start with doing open mics. You never okay. pay at an open mic. Never. Right. It's always free. Here in Los Angeles, they have like $5 donation. Right, right. And uh, yeah, so in London, they would never pay to perform. So you go to an open mic, you you play three songs, and very often promoters go to open mics. And if Mm -hmm. they like your Mm -hmm. performance, they invite you to a different venue. They invite you. Yeah. Yeah, they invite you to a different venue to perform a half an hour set. Okay. So it's easier to book shows there and there is a chance you'll be noticed just doing open mics. Hmm. It's yeah, it, it. Oh, the other big big cha- big difference is that right, right. in Los Angeles open mics are normally held in the back room. Oh, so it okay. doesn't make sense even spending your time to perform there because you need to park your car and people normally uh, okay, it's another difference. I will talk about it later. So, uh, you perform in front of musicians. So basically, mm-hmm. it's just growing your stage confidence. Right. That's it. You don't grow your you're audience. Not, yeah. You're in not London, with your fans. open mics like ninety percent of times um, uh, held in the main room. Okay. And you have real audience, so you can spread your flyers, you can spread your business cards, you can mm-hmm. get emails uh, in your. Uh, mailing list mm-hmm. and it's easier and another difference is that uh, in Los Angeles people because maybe maybe because of parking issue uh, they come to their time you know to their uh, slot time they perform and they leave then they leave yeah in I've London, seen that yeah I've London, done that yeah no it's different in London people come like an half an hour before an open mic and they uh-huh. stay till the very end yeah. because they support each other, they respect each other, mm-hmm. they listen to each other and they don't have parking problems because they, <laughs> they take... Because no one's driving. Yeah, they yeah. take just underground. And yeah, so these are these differences that 
make London a better place for an independent artist. Also, yeah. you don't have to be signed to play on a radio station in London. You can make mm, it to BBC right. as an independent Th- very artist. Very true. Yeah, it's funny. I actually know there's a site that I've submitted my stuff to, and, and, and it'll, it can go to, I think, BBC Introducing or something yes. like that. Yeah, that's the one. So um, I'm curious. So if you, if you thought that London was better for uh, independent artists... Why did you come out to the United States? Because my visa expired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But the thing is that, you know, yeah. it's not everything. Actually, at that point, I felt like I was stuck. Like I couldn't sure. see the grow for me there. I felt like I need to change something. I didn't know what. And this is mm-hmm. another thing that makes Los Angeles better than London. In Los hmm. Angeles, people are more open in general. Like you can go to a store and meet a celebrity. You know. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, you can uh, you can meet uh, you can meet a big artist or somebody big in the movie industry, mm-hmm. and they will shake your hand and right. they will introduce themselves first to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It will never happen I've seen in that, London. Yeah. Really? In, you no, know, in London it's different. Like people would never tell me. Like, oh, maybe you should go to a master class or learn some songwriting or do something. It's like you have to be in a certain circle. If you're not right. in a circle, you're like nowhere. In Los Angeles, it's possible just to go to so many events here. Yeah. You know, and meet people, introduce yourself, beat your uh, networking. You know, it's much better here. And also, I've grown here as a songwriter a lot because. We have so many masterclasses, so many established writers giving interviews mm-hmm. and you can meet them, you know, and hear directly from them. So this is what makes Los Angeles better. Okay, yeah. So uh, I do definitely uh, agree with you as far as I've uh, met a few uh, celebrities and, and like you're saying, you know, very forthcoming, like, hey, like, what's your name? Nice to meet you kind of thing. So... um do you think uh, one thing I heard that is London or just maybe um, the UK is it more uh, politically correct? Like, is it kind of no, like it's more snobbish, maybe more snobbish? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just more snobbish, yeah. Mm. Um, so, uh, w- do you have any uh, master classes that, that you you could uh, recommend? If there's any uh, 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 musicians listening right now, are there any songwriting classes? Uh, yes, I really love the Songwriting School of Los Angeles. It's a very supportive community, very small classes, and you can get feedback on your songs on everything. Like mm-hmm. you play a song in the room, you get feedback on your lyrics, on your chord progression, on your song structure, on your melody writing, right. on everything, even on the arrangement. So you can bring something as a producer as well. So I love the school, and in comparison to other places, it's more affordable. I see. Uh, okay. Um, so what are your what are your plans now? So you have. You have the, this uh, transition that you're doing. Um, do you have an album that you're working on, an EP? Are, are, are you writing a lot right now? Or? At, at the moment, I'm preparing my new single. Okay, a new uh, single. Okay, yes. w- What's it called? Thunderstorming. W- Thunderstorming? Yes. Okay, got it. And this is the first track I produced in Ableton. Right. Yeah, so... And you uh, were doing, was it Logic? Or were you using... Before that, I uh, produced my full album in Logic, yes. Logic, okay. And yeah. I use Pro Tools for vocal editing. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to release this single. And uh, with my machines, I'm still waiting for three more devices to be delivered because 
for a female producer, uh, transportation can become a problem because <laughs> right. I'm tiny. And the lightest case that exists for my equipment mm-hmm. is still heavy for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I have to go with that option because there is no other choice. And I just learned recently that the lightest materials in the world are in, used in, in space. That's right. So I think I Elon, saw that post. Yes, yeah. I, I think Elon Musk is the right person to produce cases for female producers. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want somebody to tell it to him. <laughs> Or even just weak guys like me, you know. <laughs> just, just. You still have more power than I. <laughs> People don't realize that I'm tiny and it's, it's heavy. The thing is that it's easy to carry a luggage bag with the wheels. Oh, But yeah. people don't think that I should be able also to put it into my car trunk. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you still have to lift stuff. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah, so. um, I've, I've done those, those crazy camera shoots. I feel like the camera equipment is worse sometimes than, uh, than, than, than music uh, equipment. Probably, I mean, depending yeah. on what it is. But um, yeah, it, it just, it, it really, you, you, can, you can get back problems just being a cameraman. Because if you're holding your if you're holding your hands up, holding a camera like, like like this all day, eventually you do that for 10 years. These guys get bad back problems. Yeah, and it, it's just kind of it's it's kind of sad that uh, like you're saying, you know, why 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 can't we just use what's what's already out there and just make it easier on people? You know, so I'm 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 with you there. We should we should write Elon a, an email. Yes. You know, it's funny because my uh, I have a friend Kristen who works for Tesla. Oh, wow. So I, I'm going to mention this to her. I'm going to say, hey, do you know, is, who, who do we talk to about this? Because it's a good idea. And I know that she can talk to, to like a supervisor or mm-hmm. someone who, who could like forward it along, you know. So. Um, yeah, I think with the growth of uh, uh, female producers in the industry, we definitely yeah. need to have something lighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's interesting how um, th- that'd be that, like just a cool like, a website like like the the, the female uh, producer site and it could have the, the gear and it's like it could have like the testimonies by by someone like you who's using it <laughs> you know so but I, I know one thing you mentioned uh, we had we had coffee a few days ago and you were talking about how th- this uh, stuck with me how um, so do you think women and, and men you were saying that that women can hear sound different yes Yeah, so, so tell, me, tell me more about that. I'm, I'm curious. Yes, I've heard that uh, women hear phasing better than men. And phasing, okay. Yes, yeah. they also hear distortion better. Right, right. And they also make cleaner mixes. Cleaner, right, right. Yes. So um, which, uh, w- are there any uh, female uh, producers in uh, particular? That, that, that you can you can point out right now I know that at the moment there is um, Laura Sisk she's, Laura Sisk okay. she's known as a mixing engineer right right and she has worked with Taylor Swift and other artists so like she's in the media you know so people mm-hmm. know her name already yeah but with producers still like the names are not that that, that famous yet that's that's, that's like true Max right. Martin Oh well, he's. I, I know his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like know. anyone who's like in the uh, pursuing music knows knows these guys. But if you're not pursuing music, like I could definitely, I'm sure people wouldn't know who Max Martin is right now. You know who's listening. But um, I guess we might as well say he, he's he's done like everybody. He's done Britney Spears. Yes. He's done uh, the Weekend. The Weekend, yeah. He's done the Justin Weekend. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, yeah. Taylor Swift. The list, honestly. Adele as well. Adele, yeah. He he does like almost anyone who's like a huge pop star you know um 
the, who's the other guy? Dr. Luke. Yeah, he's kind of like the, he's the other guy that just works with a ton of stars. Like he's, he's uh, with Katy Perry a lot. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. So me being a man and now I'm thinking like, okay, what's the, what's the, the guy's adv- advantage? Like, are we, are we just like, what, what, what are we skilled at? <laughs> you know, if girls are better at distortion, I'm, I'm curious, like what's, what's the other side of it, you know? I have uh, one thought about that. I'm not sure if it's right because I haven't uh, spoken about that with any female producer yet. Uh-huh. But what I noticed is that, for example, I, as a female producer, I open every session as an empty canvas. Right. You know, and I don't create folders with my favorite sounds. Yes, it takes mm-hmm. longer. I need to spend hours to find the right sound for a new song or to build my new drums. Oh, I'm somewhat similar too. But yeah. I know that guys normally create f- f- folders with favorites. Oh, really? Favorite sounds. So they, uh, their like technical side is more developed, probably. I see. Okay. And they see it in this way to, to to make things faster, but maybe it's not true because. Maybe they do it because they have clients and they have to save time. And I'm yeah, producing mostly right. for myself now. Like we are going to release um, a remix I made for my friend soon. Like I produced for the first time a track for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So we will see how it goes later. So maybe I'll change my mind in the future. But at the moment, I think that this is the difference. Right. Uh, okay. So... Um Maybe guys like have their, they kind of have like a certain game plan you're saying. Like they have, okay, mm-hmm. I, I got these sounds of folders and I know this worked before so I could do it again kind of thing. Yeah. I'm afraid of doing that because um, there is a chance that you'll get stuck with some sounds and you yeah. will repeat yourself. Right, and right. And, you know, also in, in co-writing, some people come to co-writing sessions with already prepared phrases or yeah. song titles. I don't do that. For oh, me, it's okay. all about the moment. We the, have to come up with this idea. It's got to be there. Yes. Then and there, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I know that when I've co-written, it, it has been the opposite. Usually, I at least have some chords or the start of something, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that's just what, what's... Uh, worked for me you know but i I do like that idea of just you you just have that that open blank canvas you know and then you don't have any um there's no uh there's really no premonitions you 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 don't know what's going to happen you know you just go in there and and just start writing yeah i like that i I should try that you know (laughs) so for some reason i don't know what it is i always have some kind of idea i feel like Mm -hmm. when when i enter the room you know um so another thing i've noticed is that you have a a very cool sense of uh, style. So, um, like, like even right now, you have this cool sweater. Like, I'm staring <laughs> at this tiger. tiger. This tiger is staring into my eyes. Um, so, where, where did you? Uh, yeah, you've probably always been into style. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, uh, it, 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 do you do you feel style is a big part of part of your of your music as an uh, as a uh, uh, an artist? Uh, first of all. I have um, a master degree in fashion. Oh, okay. Well, now yeah, the, the truth comes a, out. <laughs> yeah, I had a very unique project. Uh, it was called uh, Fashion Colors and Necklines as a Brand Identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as a kid, I liked to draw some costumes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I liked to make some outfits for my performance. So y- you've made some? Yes. I also used to be 
making dresses for petite women, like tiny women like yeah. me in Moscow. Right, right. And actually one of my clients, she bought 35 garments from me in nine oh, wow. months. That's a lot. And she's yeah. still telling me, oh, why don't you do fashion anymore? Like, <laughs> I love your dresses. But, you know, every time I would be paid, I felt like I'm doing the wrong thing. Oh, yeah. And I was selling my dresses in Moscow mm-hmm. in showrooms. Yeah, they, they would take my dresses to showrooms. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, but I felt like I, I was doing the wrong thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's good that, that you're following what you what you're, uh, want to do, what your That's why we're coming back to that quote from the beginning that I see so many opportunities and I'm right. well at doing that, you know, so I, I could really do that. And another thing is that Without having any diploma in journalism, I was able to write articles for magazines and newspapers, like mm-hmm. the biggest magazines and newspapers in Russia. Right, right. And I was making like extra money. And, you know, people spend five years learning how to write articles. Yeah. And I was doing it just because people discovered me from giving interviews on TV. And oh, I, I okay. say, because yeah. I was talking about writing uh, stories and publishing them on the internet. Yeah. So they when people would interview me, they would notice my writing skills and they would always offer me to write for them. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, so you so know... So by, by the way you spoke, they, they could tell that, that, you're, uh, that, that you could no, write I, well. No, I had written interviews like via email. Oh, okay. Sometimes, e- yes. Okay, got it, got it. Yes, not all the time, but sometimes I would have it via email. So they would notice it and they would offer me to write interviews with other people and I felt like, wow, I could have a good career writing because mm-hmm. f- like from the very beginning I was writing for the most popular uh, newspaper and I felt like, no, this is not the right thing for me because yeah. I don't like journalism because it's about lying. At some point... I felt like, you know, you write an interview and people change some stuff in that and they don't Mm -hmm. don't accept it. Like editors, they change some things that people didn't say. And we had uh, one time um, an accident when a girl actually uh, went to court and she sued this newspaper for the article that I wrote. It, oh, no. it wasn't my fault because the editor changed it. Yeah, they yeah, were changing, they changing the facts. Yeah, so, yeah. and she won. And she won, yeah. Yes, but the thing is that uh, uh, <laughs> I realized, like, no, I don't want to be doing that because for me, it's so dirty. Like, yeah. if I interview somebody, I have to keep what they said. Right, right. I mean, to me... And I think that some people are so interesting that you don't have to lie about them. Their mm, life right. is so interesting and cool that it's enough to write about them like real things. You don't have to add something extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, like being a good artist is really about being honest, you know, mm. no matter how jacked up you are, however messed up and, you know, all the beautiful things about you as well. Um, I could see how if someone is changing things around and then you said hey that's not what happened mm-hmm. you know it's just not really uh i don't know it's just as far as art goes that's not the right way to uh, do things i don't think you know so it, I, I could see how that would that would uh conflict against your your, your uh, artistic soul you know about what, what you really want to be you know and what what uh 
I don't know. It's just that, that that's not what love is, all that lying and uh, manipulating a story. Yeah, you, you know? know, sometimes PR people, they literally create stories for artists to to make some presents for them in the news. They just make it up, huh? Yes, they wow. do yeah, make of it course they up do, yeah. sometimes. Uh, but this is what I'm saying, that some people don't need that. They're just having so cool lives and <laughs> they're so amazing that they don't need that. Right, right. Well, one thing I've heard is that a good uh, publicist is super uh excuse me a super uh important to to an artist's uh career that um I, i've heard that the story some people say the story is more important than the music that the story of the artist is actually what what people remember more i mean i don't know if that's so true but i know that uh um but like you're saying uh do, do you think that that that, that that's do you, do you try to have bigger uh experiences like as far as are, are, are you pursuing like you're like i'm tired of doing this so i want to move 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 forward here so so i'm just gonna have more fun and my story will be better do you ever make a conscious uh decision to like enhance your your own life your own story if that makes any sense no just some things happened to me and they're so unique you know right right like the way i came to los angeles i don't have to fake it you know like Lo the, the, what you mentioned about the story being more important than an artist, I've mm -hmm. heard about that from somebody who works with international artists in the US. He said that lots of people coming here with lots of money from other countries, and even if they're already established artists abroad, they can't make it in the US because there is no story. Because there's no story. Yeah. Yes. And with me, it's like I never thought about coming to Hollywood. You know, mm -hmm. lots of people dream about coming to Los Angeles. I even couldn't point it on map, you know, like right. I, I knew it it's, it was somewhere in the US where, where, where it's warm and that's it. <laughs> but yeah, and the thing is that um, I told you I was looking for, a, for an opportunity to grow my songwriting skills and to become better because I felt like I have that potential, but I couldn't grow like that in Russia. So I was looking for that in Germany. I couldn't find anything. Then, uh, hmm. then I, I considered. Uh, I started considering uh, New York, but once right. again, I would have to get visa. And then, I uh, didn't think anywhere else except mm -hmm. New York. You know. And one day, I received an email from a fashion store, and they announced sales. So I didn't know. I didn't have to buy anything. I just went there just to, to look around and I saw a dress with LA on it. And right. I thought, oh, this is the sign. I should go to Los Angeles. That's so, where I'm going. Yeah, so I got <laughs> yeah. that dress and and that's how I happened to be here. And, you know, I couldn't drive a car before I came here and mm -hmm. I was doing so. I already had a ticket. And when I was waiting for my visa, I saw white feathers in my apartment in different places. Like one day I saw- White feathers? Yes. One okay. day I saw one in my bathroom. And I don't have any feathers there, any so pillows where, there. So where was this? This wasn't in LA yet though. No, it was in Moscow. Still. In Moscow, okay. So when I was waiting for my visa, like I wasn't sure if, it, if it's the right decision to come here. And I saw a white feather in my bathroom and that wow. was weird because like I don't That's have any really pillows weird. there. Yeah. Then I saw a white feather in my working room. Then I 
was reading a book one one night and a There's white a feather in there. And no, a white feather fell down from the oh ceiling or somewhere to my book, and I was like, "Wow, this is the third feather this week." Next, <laughs> the third feather. <laughs> next morning, oh I'm God. opening my Facebook, and the first post in my friend's newsfeed was a photo of a white feather oh my in God. London Underground. And my wow. friend, she's a very spiritual person, and she said, yeah. every time you see a white feather, it's a sign that you are in the right direction in your life. And that was like, wow. That's crazy. Then yeah. I would switch on TV, and there would be a program about Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. how, like, how big is the chance that you will switch on your TV and they talk about Los Angeles? And mm -hmm. it's not everything. The day when I had my flight, I took the taxi cab. When I entered the, uh, when I got into the taxi cab, it was Tupac Shakur playing California Love. Oh, right, right. How big is the chance you hear that song nowadays mm -hmm. on the radio station? In the moment when you are going to the airport to fly to California. Right. You know, so I had so many signs and I knew, okay this is the way for me to go, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I'm on the right direction. And when I came here, I didn't know where to take taxi, but I felt like home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just, just it felt like you, you were meant to be here. Yeah, I just uh, saw a white feather a few days ago on my balcony. Of wow, course, yeah. of course I know they're coming from birds, but I believe yeah. they're coming from angels. Oh yeah, that, yeah. that's <laughs> awesome, I love that, yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny, I, I uh, personally struggled for a bit with, um, spirituality and just the universe and just just trusting and signs and everything there's a lot of people i know that would just say that that's just made up and whatever just don't believe it but recently i saw that movie uh the secret mm -hmm. and it said to pick something small to manifest so i said okay you know what i'm gonna manifest an amber ale hmm. it's, it's it's just a beer an amber ale like you know it's just just to test it so I thought about it before I went to sleep. I think about it when I wake up. And about two months later, my roommate shows up and he uh, is like, hey, I got some beers uh, randomly. Just give them to me. I said, uh, I don't really want them. Do you want them? And immediately I said, oh, do you have an amber ale? And and, and then the, the, the thing is with my thing, it had to say amber ale on it. It mm -hmm. can't say this like golden amber ale. It has to say amber ale. That's mm. exactly what it said on it. And I took a picture of it on Instagram. Mm. But I, it was funny like, I really believed that that was my doing, you know, and I, I still do right now. And it's, it's such a small little thing, but, um, like you're saying, I, I feel that, uh, if, if the feathers work for you, if, 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 if you believe that, 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 that they're angels, then, um, we all have these weird signs that, that, that we can follow the, throughout our days. It's just like, you just have to sort of trust your intuition, trust the, the universe, so to speak. You know? And the magic thing about that is that. I didn't know about the meaning of white feathers before they happened to come to my life, you know? Right. So it's the opposite way, you know? And mm -hmm. this is what makes me believe in that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I wonder what, what the next white feather is going to be. I mean, who, who we can't say, but... Uh have you ever had like like a, a white feather just be in like a very weird place that you just wouldn't have, have ever thought? Like a, you ever had a, like a bar, or like a bathroom in a bar or something like that? Like all of a sudden you see a white feather? Mm, I don't remember exactly. I think sometimes it happens like I can walk the stairs in my building and I could see a white feather. But you know, yeah. 
people say, oh, but it's a white feather for everybody who is walking those stairs. I said, no. That, that's your feather. It's, it's for, for those who can see it. Because right, lots for of those who can see it. Because lots of people walk the stairs and they don't pay attention. Right, exactly. Yeah, th that's, a, that's a big thing, I feel like, uh, with uh, spirituality. It, it's just, you, you have to be able to see it and embrace it and believe it, or it's just, it's not going to be, it's not really going to be there for you, you know? And you know, on the day when I had my recording session to record my song Los Angeles, uh, I saw feathered sky. Oh, in the in clouds? Los Angeles, yes. Yeah, yeah. So you, you so even in the the clouds made a feather. Yeah, for because you. Yeah. in my song I'm singing feathered sky in the city of angels. Oh, okay, feathered sky, right? Oh, yeah. that's so and cool. And that, that day <laughs> when I was on my way to the studio, it was feathered sky. You know, it's funny that you said city of angels, and you think fe uh, uh, you say that uh, feathers are, are your angels. So it's funny how the f the feathers which are angels led you to the city yes. of angels. So I I just made that up, but <laughs> I'm sure yeah, yeah. have you you've thought about that? I'm sure before. Yes, yeah. yes, of course. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So uh. So yeah. So you got this new single you're working on, and um. So it, it, you have so many talents that I didn't know of. So it, what, what other? Do you have any other strange kind of talents that that you have? Uh, I like cooking as well. Okay. You know when I'm producing a song for hours. It really, it's really healthy for my brain to cook something, to take to cook, time, okay. like half an hour and cook something nice, you know, not just taking something from my, f uh, uh, like from frozen from Trader Joe's, you know, well, yeah, and put yeah. into the <laughs> microwave, but really cooking because it's sure. a different kind of activity and it's also a creative activity. So it's very it healthy. Is, yeah. I just feel that it's healthy. So I cook something nice and then I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy eating it. Yeah, yeah, it's different than just going through Taco Bell and just getting a burrito. You know, the other thing know. about angels and feathers, yeah. why it's important for me that I see these signs is because as a foreigner in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. I always question myself if this is the right place for me to be. And also because I have accent and uh, Los Angeles is different from New York. For example, in New York, lots of people speak with a heavy accent. And here right. you rarely meet somebody in, in the music industry with an accent. True, true, yeah. And that's why at panels, like people like Alex Daki, the, the Billboard producer, mm -hmm. they get these questions like, how did you make it in LA being from Britain, you know? And he said, like, okay, okay I had like seven internships, unpaid oh, internships. Okay. So, you know, and if you start questioning yourself, you think, oh my God, like, I don't have a chance. And also I'm coming from one of the smallest countries, like people have no idea where it's on the map. But like, is there a chance you can make it worldwide being from such a small country, you know? But I don't think about that because when I see these feathers, I know I'm in the right place, I'm doing the right thing, and I feel like I'm, I'm doing the right thing. So, it's more important. I, I, I try not to think about my background and my accent. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was what we talked about in episode one was just stay out of your own way, you know. Um, there's no reason to to worry about where you're from. I mean, you're here right now, you know. That's honestly what, what uh, matters. Um, it's funny, though, like, like I, it's just because society and like wh wh why does it matter that, that, that you have an accent like to me it, it doesn't matter like, like it's just it's a funny thing you know like it shouldn't matter <laughs> it's just like you know we're all artists we all we all do music and yeah it's all about you know, what you do yeah but right, you know what you do yeah. uh, they say that 
for a record to be successful, it must sound familiar to people's ears. You right, know? right. So if you sing with an American accent, you have better chances. Oh, okay. I, I understand. But I believe that, that yeah. there is a way for me, because I know that from my, uh, through my life experience that mm -hmm. when I give a call to my dentist, like six months later, people recognize me on phone because everybody recognizes my voice. Right. Like all kind of services like internet or whatever, they all recognize me. And I believe that if people I, I believe that it's important for an artist to have a recognizable voice. Yes. So maybe at some point it will work for me. Uh, maybe through absolutely. collaboration, maybe I will do some collaboration with American artists and I will sing just just I don't know, just four lines in that song. But mm -hmm. people will start recognizing my voice. Right. Uh, you know. So well, I, I I like the point you're making because uh, as long as people recognize your voice and and know know uh, who you are from from you know is uh, it doesn't really matter you know if you have an accent or not because you're being uh, recognized. But yeah. that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a like, good point. Like, like to me. Um, I don't know why, but I just always think of Bjork a little bit when, when, <laughs> I, when I hear your voice. Everybody says that. Yeah, and everyone <laughs> says that, I'm sure. But, uh, like, she's a good example. She She's she's Bjork. She, she's weird. She has a strange accent. She's from, from Iceland. But um, I would not want to Americanize her voice at all, you know? Mm -hmm. It would it would uh, deteriorate her, her vision and her, her beautiful music, her delivery. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the same thing with, with you. I, I would not want to 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 take away your, your accent. I, I think that that would... Um, not be good for your for your music. I, I feel like that that's what's cool about it. That it has, it has uh, this unique touch to it. You know, like you're saying that this taste. You know, even the way you your accent itself is, is a part of your taste. You're, you're making a decision to sing with that accent. You, you could, if you want to do, like take these language classes and clean it up. But I don't always think that's the right move. You know. The other thing is that. Uh like local people don't know when I go back to Russia, people ask me where I came from because now I speak with an accent even in my first language. Right. And I believe because I lived in yeah in four different countries, but actually in five different places mm -hmm. with different accent because Scotland and London, you know, they have different yeah. accent. And uh, I sort of developed my own accent that nobody can recognize yeah, where yeah. I came from. Right. So even in my first language, they hear that I speak with an accent. So so they say, oh, w w what are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just uh, keep it, you know, as you said, like just one of my things. Yeah. Keep I it. I own it. <laughs> exactly. Own it. Yeah. The, the other thing is that I really want to be one of the panelists to share my experience with other female producers. Sure. And I'm thinking like, I hope they, they will be able to understand my speech. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Uh, as long as they're they're listening, you yeah, know? maybe. So, um, you know what? Do you want to reach into? Do you want to try a choco pie? Yes, yes. Yeah, so Flavia really brought uh, brought some goodies for the show. Oh, that's so funny! Look at this. It's like you get a little like lion. Lion? <laughs> you see the lion? Oh yes, I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we can make a panda. I know. Yeah, we can make. So, the, what, where are these from? Yeah, do, do you know? This is from a Japanese store. Oh, it's Japanese. Okay. Yeah, I love Japanese sweets. That's why they got the panda, obviously. Yeah. So, do you want your own, or do you want to split one? Uh, no, I'll take my own. Okay. Thank okay. you. There you go. Choco pie. <laughs> 
they have some alcohol in them. So I was wondering, like, why do they put the alcohol, uh, like brandy? They said it's brandy. Brandy, yeah. Into cookies, and I think, okay, maybe they're like kids to shut they, the kid up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because they want to try something like alco- an alcoholic drink and. And you can't give it to them, so you're gonna. Oh, you have a cookie like that. So <laughs> you know what's funny? I I remember at uh, Trader Joe's, I bought some some little cookies like this, and it had brandy in it. And I, I think I was too young; I couldn't actually check out with it. They said, "Oh no, no, no! You need an ID, <laughs> even mm. for the cookie." <laughs> it's crazy. Hmm. So trying to get mine open. I'm just making a big mess in the studio. I remember recently somebody met me at an event mm-hmm. and he didn't recognize me because I'm growing my hair now. Okay. But when I started talking, he recognized me through my voice. Oh. <laughs> you know, like this is what well, I said. Well, good. So it's what we're talking about. So anyone who, uh, anyone who's listening now, I, 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 I guarantee you, if if uh, if they stumble upon you somewhere else and they hear you talking, they're they're gonna know who you are now. Mm, yeah, you know that's a good sure. thing. I'll be scared of opening my mouth in a grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> just get, get a wave of fans. Just I heard you on the podcast. <laughs> Have another bite of this, this goodie here. I wanted to take wafers. Wafers, yeah. But then I realized that they're going to be too crispy for the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you would think it ahead. <laughs> yeah, so I took these soft cookies. I wish I could just do a magic. I mean, this would be bad because it'd be against the the spiritual law, but just pull a feather out or something. Just, just <laughs> as a joke, you know. <laughs> hey, there's a feather in here. White feather. Yeah, well, one idea I had, so I'm playing with a singer, uh, Ravenna, w- w- which you met. Um, I like the idea of, I guess she likes roses. So I had this idea of taking white roses and putting a, a black light with them mm-hmm. to kind of glow the roses up. I don't know. I just like that. Uh, I, li- I I like to come up with, with this, w- with, with visual stuff too. I feel like it's so... Uh, uh, important. Yes, and it is. One thing I was happy was uh, I was able to give you the, the best light show. The lights that I had, these DJ kind of lights, just mm-hmm. really worked well with your music. Like yes. I was able to kind of glitch them and then like I knew when to kind of release everything, the mm-hmm. tension. And yeah, so I think you were mentioning um, we, we may do another show together at some point, right? Where I can run your lights, I think you were saying. Yeah. 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 I, I can't wait for that again. Yeah. Sounds good. I've also heard that it's possible uh, to connect light to Ableton Live yeah, you can. through an application yeah. and program all the light design. Yeah, you can just program everything. Uh, I know that, um, I'm not sure if it's MIDI, but somehow there there is like a, it, it's all due to the computer. Yeah, you just plug everything in and then they look like, a, I think they're DMX cables. So somehow mm-hmm. there must be a DMX connector to a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I haven't gotten into that uh to that um, si- side of it, you know, I've only done the manual manual lighting so far. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever ran ran lights before? No. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. It, it is almost like playing playing an instrument. You know, once you get the 
the feel of it. Yeah, it's like you're you're playing with the band a little bit. You know, it, it's fun. Yeah. But I'm thinking about that now. I have to have it in my shows because I recently showed a photo of my performance. Uh, the uh, in, apartment in a Mac store. Oh, the Mac store. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I was looking for cosmetics uh, for my performance, sure. and. Uh, the guy got so impressed with the lights that I realized, wow, I really have to carry lights for my shows because yeah. people pay attention to that. They do. You know, um, that's one funny thing about L.A. I don't really think it's the best lit city. Like, mm -hmm. I've been to, uh, I haven't been to New York. But I've been to Shanghai and Paris. Mm -hmm. And when you go there, it's just like, it's way more beautiful just in general when you walk around. Just the way that they designed the mm -hmm. city and just the... Uh, the feel for the uh, aesthetic. Mm -hmm. It's just on a, another level, especially uh, Paris. Like they have this, the way they light buildings, the sides of buildings, they'll, they'll kind of do this like under lighting. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you just have to be there and experience it. But LA, it's like you drive down, you see this dirty ass street and <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like half the street lights work, half of them don't. And then it's just like grimy. And sometimes I like that. Gr grunginess is cool for rock and roll, but for, um, I don't, I don't know. Just just in general, LA is not the best looking city. I, I prefer it when it's foggy and I can't really see the sky. Like I was in downtown and it was just beautiful, like be full of fog. And it looked like, uh, it's actually where, where this girl's from, uh, Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I always like the, I like LA when it's not normal. You know, when, it, when, when it's not sunny, I actually like how it looks. I like it more when it's not sunny, just as far as how it looks, hmm. you know. So. Well. <laughs> I'm curious how, how long we've been talking here. I'm going to check. For me, after living in big cities like London and Moscow, yeah. Los Angeles is an amazing place because, you know, you have to struggle all the time in big cities with transportation, you know, mm, and right. public transport. And like it takes in London, even though I was living very close to the central uh, subway line, it would take me over an hour to get to a gig because I would have to walk like 15 minutes to the underground station with my equipment on my back. And then I would take two or three trains. Then I would have to walk again or I would have to take a bus and mm -hmm. then walk. So every time to perform yeah. was like that. And in Los Angeles, you just drive your own car and, you know, you have your own climate in your car. <laughs> <laughs> because sure. some, somebody asked me when I moved to Los Angeles, like, don't you miss this, like, uh, communication with people in a big city? I said, what do you mean? Like, when they're coughing on you or <laughs> sneezing? <laughs> right, when they're... Is it communication? When they're just spewing germs everywhere? Yes, yeah. yes. That's funny, yeah. So, like, how, how are... Uh how how are the people in uh, Russia j just compared to, to LA people? Is it? I'm sure it's totally different. It's got to be, yeah. Just you know, they are different, but at the same time, when you have experience living in different countries, you realize that people are still people. Yeah, like, uh, they, they they, they are. have the yeah. same habits. They talk the same things. Mm, they talk the same yeah, stuff. Yeah, but in Russia, the society is different, of course, and um, maybe people have more negative thinking about everything. Like mm, as an mm -hmm. artist, for example. If you tell somebody you are doing music, they don't understand what you are doing. They just they, they don't, don't get it. Yeah. They, they don't know that it can be a profession. You can do it uh, yeah. in a serious way. And, you know, they, they can then they can accept if you are um, 
a doctor or if you work in a bank. Right. Uh, you know, but... Can, that can happen here too. Yes. You know, anywhere. Yeah, but at the same time, it's interesting that I've heard from American producers that if you say somebody in America that you are produce you are producing music, they say, okay, but what's your day job? In Russia, it's different. Oh, right. If, if you tell somebody you are a music producer, they think you are rich. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, they're doing very well. <laughs> That's funny. So you busy. could just you could just show up and say that, and then they just expect they they think, oh wow. Like uh, they're impressed. Yeah, yeah, normally our music producers in Russia they're like one of the richest people. Really? Okay. Yeah. So. And 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 the music scene in Russia. So do they um do all the big pop acts make it out there like Katy Perry and stuff yes. like that? Okay, so they all make it out there. Also, adult contemporary is popular. Adult contemporary. Oh, okay, okay. And it's interesting that you know there is always a conversation in the music industry. How old is your? You must be like your ceiling to make it in music. Sure. But you know that nowadays people always uh, talk about Sia in the United States. That look at Sia. She got her Chandelier's uh, song uh, when she was thirty-eight. Oh wow! I didn't. I, I had no clue she was that old. Yeah. yeah. And um, well, Moby was like that too, right? Yes, I, I think he was in his 30s, yeah, when, 30s, he, yeah. when he broke through. And in Russia, we had three biggest singers in the, in the last, like, 10 years, probably, mm -hmm. uh, who broke through in their 30s and even one in his 50s, probably. Oh, wow. They are the most expensive artists to buy tickets to their concerts right. now. You know, they're the most successful. Mm -hmm. And they made it when they were already adults. Yeah, and there are so many bands like you know they start when they're sixteen or nineteen, and like after five years they just disappear. Right, they can't stay longer. <clears throat> well, like you're saying, um, it's that seven year thing, and if people you know decide to start later, or maybe some people have the fourteen year, maybe some yes. people are twenty years, maybe some people are thirty years. But then it comes know? like you know, like you have everything. Now. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then you know, um, it was it was all worth it, and even. Even if you're not the big huge star, it's it's still worth it. If you're an artist, it's just worth it. I don't know what it is. Like, yes. no matter how poor you are, <laughs> you know. So yeah, you know, I literally like I hate like when people in Los Angeles say like, oh, I live in that area with poor people. You shouldn't say that because I say like, if you have just one dollar, you do have money. <laughs> you know, like interesting. People say yeah. like, oh, I have one hundred dollars. I don't have money. You do have money, even if I have. Just right. one dollar. You're, you're doing you know? better than the homeless guy that yes. we just walked by. And yeah. the thing is that I, I always say, like, it's just your current situation. You shouldn't yeah. envision yourself that you're poor. You're just now in that moment in your life, but your situation will change in five years. You right. Know? So true. Yeah. Yeah. I never considered myself, like, even though, like, I was at the point in Moscow when I had money just to buy. Some cookies and <laughs> before my next salary. But, you know, and I would wake up in the morning. I had a very long way to go to my job. Uh -huh. And I had only two trains in the morning to, to catch. And I would wake up like at five in the morning and I would be crying. But I know in mm -hmm. five years, yeah. my life will be different. Right. It's just, just a moment, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. So I it's want so other people to see it like that. Yeah, the, I, I, I love that. Like, don't even call yourself poor. Don't, you know, because you, you don't need to. it's just at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, 
let's say, you know, just uh, in the strictest sense of the word that you're poor with money, but it doesn't mean that you're poor with talent or poor with, with, with love and how you help people, you know? You can be uh, flourishing with, with these all these other things. And, you know, like you're saying, just give it some time and then y- you can always reshape your, your uh, reality. You know? I, I know people who can spend ten thousand dollars a day for yeah. for fashion, uh, you know, for right. fashion clothing, and they think that they are poor because their neighbor is doing better than them. Right, that's so, so crazy. You so think, crazy. So, so you, nobody should call them. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that, that's a very positive way to uh, to uh, approach things. You know, <laughs> so like. Um, Let's say you would share this thought. Uh, for some reason, I just want to keep going back to Russia w- w- one last time. Let's say you share this exact thought with, with someone who was struggling in, in Russia. Let's say they uh, they struggled every month to like put food on the table and everything. W- w- would this idea be harder to get across to someone in Russia than, than someone out here? Yes. The thing okay, is it that would, yeah. um, Eastern European countries uh, have a mentality of living in apartments or houses that they oh. own. And in the Western yeah. world, people rent apartments. So for example, me, I can never feel comfortable in a rented apartment. So my apartment yeah. is very empty. I can't put even a picture on the wall because I feel oh, like okay. it's it's temporary. It's, not, it's temporary. It's yeah. not my thing. Right. And because of that, like lots of people like in Moscow, they still own apartments and they have like apartments from their grandmothers who already passed away so they just happen to own it right they don't have to work to make money to buy it you know mm-hmm. and we don't have this difference like if you live in the center you pay more for your bills than if you live like in this rubbish area and right, right. it's very very similar what pay, 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 people pay f- um, f- for their bills and it's hard to motivate people there because mm-hmm. they just think, oh no, whatever. I, I, like it doesn't matter how much I work, I will be poor, you know. Yeah. Or they just don't don't want to do anything because they already have an apartment. Even if it's small, they feel comfortable. They don't want to have a bigger one. I they see. feel very comfortable. It's hard to motivate them. Right. Do you, Do you think the climate just you know, obviously it's very cold out there. Do you think that that must have an influence as well? Yes, I could feel yeah. it when I moved back to Moscow from London right. and when I would go there from Los Angeles because in winter it's so cold. You you put so much energy as an artist just to go to a recording studio. Mm-hmm. You have to take the bus, then you have to take the underground, then you have to walk uh, when it's snowing. <laughs> That's right, you were saying that, yeah. 25 <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, below zero Celsius. Twenty-five below uh, yeah. Celsius. Yeah, Celsius. Oh my God, that is just. I don't know. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna do that math. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then you go to a recording studio, and the only thing you wanna have is a hot tea and some candies, and you want to relax. Yeah, <laughs> in it's Los like Angeles, you've made this crazy you just journey. take your car and you drive to your studio, and you're ready to record. Pa- pass by a few hundred palm trees, <laughs> you're there. Yeah, you know. I know it really is. Uh, it makes a difference. It does make a difference. It's a it's a great place for for uh, artists. You know, you don't have that uh, problem. You know, just of like a snowstorm or or whatever. You know, is in your way. You just go down Sunset Boulevard and you're there. You know. You know, in Los Angeles, when my hair stylist moved to a new place, mm-hmm. 
I went for my hair card to her location and I spent probably an hour. Yeah. And she was very surprised, but I said like, well, I'm coming from Moscow and London. People spend every day going somewhere you know, right. an hour and some and a half or an hour and 15 minutes it's very common it's just normal yeah so for me like why not like, like and here like people oh it's 20 minutes it's far away right <laughs> for me, yeah it's, nothing. it's true yeah I, I mean where i used to live um it was in california but this little town called beaumont i remember it would take a good 20 minutes to get to my friend's house and that was just normal you know it's mm-hmm. just like oh whatever you know and other, fr- I, I would I moved to LA and then they'd be like, "Oh, really? You're that far away? You're, you're on that side of the mountain? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm like you're in the valley? I'm not going there. You know, <laughs> it's just like you just get get kind of used to used to that almost. So, but uh, I do a lot of driving, so I'm 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 with you. It's just you know, an hour is not really that long for me. And in a car, I actually, when I know? write a song, it's in the progress. I've written some lines already. Yeah, I've heard from girls in Los Angeles that they split up with their boyfriends because they live in a distance and it takes time <laughs> for them to drive. And for me, it's like... That is so funny. For me, it's a nonsense. Like, for me, it's about the person you are with. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Sure, yeah. Well, that's that's a very kind of fake... That, that's the plastic <laughs> LA we're talking about. You know, if, if you're going to... I mean, maybe that person really wasn't right for them, you know, in the first place. But let's say that person was great for them. That's just kind of, I mean... The, the other person deserves better, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's a good thing at the end, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I, I have this f- funny sweater here. Um, every time I do the show, I always want to have some kind of surprise, and it, it might be too big for you. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> do, do you like Jimi Hendrix? Or are you a yes, fan of him? Yes, yes. Yeah. Do you want to, if you want, you want to see if you want to take this? Yeah, I'll show it to you real quick. It's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and take a look at this Jimi Hendrix sweater. Let's see if you want to keep that. And check out the the back. It's got a really cool back. Yeah, it's really pretty. Yeah. Of course, I'll keep it. It's yeah. Jewelry, you know? <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you're, cool you're you're welcome. I'm not sure if people can hear me now in the microphone. Well, it, anyone who's listening close enough can hear you. Yeah. So I'm saying that even if it's just a little bit large for me, I'm still gonna take it because it's a good memory for me. Yeah. There's no feathers in it, but. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you think that about ra- wraps it up? Think uh, we're good here? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. If you want to keep, we, I, I'm, if you want to keep talking, we can. Um, I feel like we've. How long have we been going? I'd say we, we've hit about. About the length of the, of the first episode. Just don't tell me we have to record it again because recently <laughs> I had a. I, I, Did you I, imagine? I was recording no. my song this Monday and I recorded the whole song in the wrong key and then I had to record it again. Oh my God. <laughs> H- how'd, you, how'd you record it in the wrong key? Because in this new production, I made them. I made my plug. plug very very quiet <laughs> so it's mostly like drums okay so you listen to drums and also i made uh, my bass on purpose a bit out of tune without with live automation so okay it, so, right so it, it plays around the key so you can trust the the bass and 
Yeah, so <laughs> luckily I had the reference track recorded, so I listened back and realized, okay, I have to... Oh, you were just singing it like a little sharp or flat kind of thing from the In key. In a different key. Yeah, yeah. It was much lower. <laughs> That's funny. I know. I, f- I feel like a, a, in a in a lull now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure where to go now. <laughs> like we we've honestly talked about a lot of great great stuff today. It's been a good good episode for me. I, I've had fun. Yeah. Yeah, I had fun too, and I really loved your first episode because you covered such an some, such an interesting topic about like our generation, millennials. You know. Right. I know. Yeah. yeah. Was so I was not expecting to to dive into that. Mm. You know, but it really is. Uh, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. And uh, he does this show, Comedians and Cards Having Coffee. And it's funny, they started saying that's a show about nothing. They would always say that about Seinfeld, the sitcom. It's a show about nothing. So I kind of stole that idea. It's like the the podcast about nothing. So I, I like kind of going in with a little bit of a plan, but just kind of see where it goes, you know. So um, I've... I, I feel like I'm all wrapped up here. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to I'm gonna call it quits. I, but... Uh, do you have any other? Do you have any sh- more shout-outs you want to do? Anyone you want to to call uh, out? Yeah, since we were talking about millennials, I think yeah. in order to inspire people who are listening to us, I want to mention that if we talk about millennials, millennials are getting older later right. than people before. Yeah, so true. So, but the older generation in the music industry still has that mindset that an artist have to become famous be- before they are 18, for example. Oh, so, right, you know, right. So you can't apply those rules anymore No. in the new industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the thing is, I think that that was the, the record companies that were, uh, that they wanted that really young talent. And, you know, these days, um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to have a label to, to be big. Who I'm trying to think that one rapper God, he, what's his name? Chance the Rapper? Not yeah. Chance. No, he he's a... Uh, Macklemore? Macklemore, yeah. yeah. He didn't have a label, right? I I, no. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, to, he's and he, he's a good example because he's so huge. Uh, you know, it's a very difficult question because lots of independent artists who made it on a big level don't say that they actually have a contract. That's true. It's called... That's true. Um, it's called... Good. A distribution deal? No, it's not distribution. Mm. Um, I forgot... Uh, yeah, I forgot that term. There is a business term for that. Yeah, so they're ba- right. backing up you. Okay. They give you money for their marketing on the world level that you can never afford. I see, yeah. Yeah, so there, there, there's things that are happening behind yeah, the so scenes y- so that you don't know. Yeah, so we can't say anymore about anybody. That's true. Like who- somebody, like your neighbor who can't make it beat, he is independent. <laughs> you can trust <laughs> right, him. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So true. Um, God, there's one other thing I was going to ask you, actually. What was it? Hmm. Totally forgetting. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm getting all f- forgetful now. <laughs> I'm, my my interview skills are are just diminishing right now. <laughs> <laughs> because you need to have a break and eat some some chocolate. I know you might be right. Yeah, let me have. I'll have a little bite of chocolate, and then the <laughs> the sweetness will will spark my memory. You're right. I remember something about the the sugar. Hmm. 
Do you, do you like uh, Harry Potter? Yes, I do. There's just one thing where we're getting really nerdy now. Um, this Dementor, this kind of demon thing, keeps attacking Harry, and the way he feels better, the professor says, "Oh, you need to ha- have a bite of chocolate." He always mm. gives his, gives him some chocolate because mm-hmm. it's like the the idea of like the good feelings or something. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, it's really true. Yeah, the thing is that I got lucky um, to be in that cafe in Scotland where um, the writer of Harry Potter started writing Harry Potter. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, JK. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't remember the name. I remember I went there and I learned later that, that people was were, that yeah, people, people mentioned it to you. Yeah. Did they have any kind of Harry? Was there a Harry Potter thing there? Like, was there anything related? I don't yeah. remember. Don't remember. Yeah, you don't remember. Yeah. So, do you? Uh, well, uh, I was going to ask you. Do you have any uh, shows coming up that you'd like to announce on the on the podcast? Well, once I get my case, oh, I can start performing. the space case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I need this the case. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. So maybe it will be delivered to me next week. Cool. Cool. Well, you can always just shout it out on. Uh, uh, social media and if you do have a show I'll mention it um, by by the time that this is released I can I can find a way to, to mention it like w- with this incoherence and everything. yeah because for my um, uh, show with you I borrowed a gig bag but now I need to have my oh own. you borrowed that okay right right well um, yeah, there are lots of things yeah that's like you learn during the process when you think you're already done you're not done like with that reverb you're suddenly wow the day before <laughs> France I need to have reverb yeah, yeah change the reverb <laughs> yes, around and yeah. yes and then the case and then an extra cable and then my uh, one of my cables has to, has to be much longer so <laughs> yeah, right right it's a lot of details uh, I'm, I'm curious do you do any like uh, yoga or anything or do you do no Okay. Yeah, me neither. For some reason, I just never, never got sucked into that culture. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. I don't know. Maybe you haven't tried it. Yeah. How yeah. about like any uh, meditation or anything like that? Yeah. No, I don't do it. You don't do that. I yeah. know people like producers, uh, like established producers. They mention meditation that it helps them a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't tried it. Uh, for me, you know, people always talk about this author block. Like I have no idea what's an author block. Author or block. Huh. Well, when when people say like the real reason why I started producing myself was mm-hmm. that all my ideas would get stuck because uh, I couldn't get them done reaching my deadlines. Because right. with producers, it always takes longer than you expect, and sometimes it takes few months. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to produce myself. And this is the thing: like I'm not waiting for for the right mood to produce music mm-hmm. i just open my laptop and i open the session and it brings me to the working mood and right. that's it the same with the song if i need so to write true. a song yeah. i just sit and write a song yeah or i go to a session there and, and, write a song. And, and do it yeah yeah it, the, the only thing i can say like when it's hard for me to do anything is sure. when when i'm sleepy yeah so i need to sleep i think well. anyone yeah yeah that, that's a funny thing i think artists we we do like to sleep, you know. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm guilty of that. No, actually, uh, in the um, last years, we had more and more of the articles, like scientific articles, saying that 
people need to sleep. It's not true. Like, you know, to these panels mm -hmm. and these people who work in music, they say, oh, I never sleep. Or I wake up like at five in the morning and, you know, like. I, I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. I don't believe that because yeah. uh, it's not healthy. It's not. No. You won't be productive. Right. I, did you yeah. hear? Uh, I'm not, I don't know if it's true, but in Denmark, they developed a new system. Like people have to work just six hours a day. No. And they think that, that they can be as productive in six hours as, yeah. as they would be productive sure. in eight hours. And also it makes their life healthier because they can spend more time with their family or with their hobbies. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's better that way, I think. Um, I, I feel like I read that Einstein slept like 10 hours a day or something. Who? Einstein, uh, uh, Albert Einstein. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I, 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 I think sure. he slept a lot. Yeah. Um, that's another thing. Yeah, it's really too bad about uh, Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Do you ever read any of his stuff? No, I only read his quotes on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his quotes are, are enough. But I, I read it through a little bit of, I think it was a brief history of the universe, something mm -hmm. like that. But yeah, he really, uh, he takes these crazy concepts and um, just laws of, of the universe or theories of the universe. And he puts it in this way where it's like this, like, like I, I could understand it no problem. Like I, I could not believe how well he he wrote these ideas so simple uh, the way he would he would put stuff yeah I, I'd, I'd recommend it if you ever want to to learn about um just like how how kind of space works and the planets mm -hmm. work and gravity and everything it's it's not a it's not like a boring read at all yeah he really is, is a beautiful writer yeah so um i guess uh uh this moment we'll dedicate to stephen hawking and his brilliant work yeah yeah I think his life itself is inspirational for lots of people because yeah, uh, for sure. he was said that he would live just for two Another years. Another two more years, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he really showed them wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> crazy, yeah. Well, all right. Well, I feel like we've had a we've had had a good fun podcast. It's been a good one, and uh, yeah. I, I feel good now. How, how do you feel? Yeah, thank We're you good? so much for inviting me. Like Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. also a preparation for me before I have my first ever radio interview. Same here. I was preparing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to screw it up, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. Mm. Cool. Well, I'm so glad that, uh, that, that you know, I was able to, to be your first person to, to interview you. Yeah, yeah, thank you so radio, much. It's yeah, funny that podcast, my brother yeah. actually works on the radio station, <laughs> but I've never done any radio interview. <laughs> well, how come? Yeah, does he does he not invite you or is he too far away? Uh, no, maybe because it's like you can't invite your sister. <laughs> right, yeah, I guess it's like a conflict of interest, so to speak, yes. yeah. Well, maybe he's going to hear how well you did and then, you know, maybe we can change his mind. Yeah. So that'd yeah. be nice, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Shay's Lounge. This is episode two with uh, Flavia K. Did I say your name right? Yes. All right. Good. And uh, we'll be back next week with an unannounced guest. But uh, thanks again and enjoy yourself. Have a good one.